hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. My happiness plug for the week is Bad Madge Co. Bad Madge is located in South Park, a neighborhood in San Diego, and is a retail store filled with all the things you love. For me personally, I'm a huge fan of Minmod design and vintage, and this store has it all. Tanya, the owner, curates and sells a unique collection of vintage and handmade goods from, from local artists in San Diego, as well as uh, collecting vintage pieces from um, the collective within San Diego. I personally have purchased a lot of things from her store, including my dream TV cabinet, which I absolutely love. And during COVID, it's always best to shop local and support small businesses. And Tanya's made it super easy. Every Thursday, she has a live sale on Instagram and she can ship nationwide. So even if you're not in San Diego, you can hop in on the fun. I'll pop all the links in the description. And as always, stay healthy, stay happy, and stay the fuck home. My guest today is school librarian, Sarah Marie. So let's just hop on into it. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. For everyone listening, you are listening to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast exploring imposter syndrome. And the lovely voice you're hearing on the other line is a dear, dear friend of mine and awesome librarian, Sarah Marie. Hey guys. So Sarah and I have known each other quite a while, but um, how about you introduce yourself for those that are listening, kind of give your elevator pitch, your 30,000 foot overview. All right. Well, um, I'm 37. Um, I always say that I am trying to be an adult and I'm not quite there yet, Um, but I'm working on it. Um, I, I actually told someone the other day at a presentation that I was doing that I, I kind of felt uncomfortable because I feel like I'm like an adult that never quite got past those angsty years. Um, and I don't, I don't think I like present myself as a professional, but either way, um, I am currently the school librarian at an elementary school in um, Syracuse, New York. I work for the Syracuse City School District. And I actually, for the first time in my life, really love my job. That makes me so happy because I've met this woman when she was kind of doing the same thing I was doing in Denver, kind of like grinding away at things that you don't really love. And then you're starting another job. You don't really love it. All while it took you on this winding path path to figure out like what you were truly passionate about. And like, I envy that so much about you. And I I'm looking forward to like figuring out what that's going to be for me, but I've always been deeply inspired by you. Oh, thanks. I have had like several different like lives. Um, (laughs) One of the teachers I work with, like I was talking to her one day and she, you know, I was like, oh, is this? And she's like, wait, how many different lives have you had? I feel like you have lived like so many different lives. (laughs) (laughs) And it is true. So how Sarah and I met was, um, she was a client of mine. So we worked for a mark. We both worked for the same company. Essentially, I worked for the marketing, the marketing agency attached to this giant ophthalmologist, whatever eyeball 
ophthalmology. LASIK place, yeah. I just like can't say words today. Which um, is such but, a weird converse, com, like, <laughs> it's combination. It's a weird word. But, but basically- The company um, itself was weird. Right. So the company was weird. Um, uh, we did, uh, the claim to fame was that they did, the, they paid to do the LASIK on John Elway's eyeballs. So like a main cornerstone of their marketing was John Elway, which in Denver is huge. In Colorado, that's huge, but it doesn't really yes. translate anywhere else. Um, and they just kept acquiring new practices. And so you and I met through that where kind of we just kind of um, met, low-key became friends because like I'm sure there was some kind of client slash don't be friends with the client thing, but we became friends. And then okay. you and I kind of I remember of lost... going to happy hour. Do you remember right. that? Yep. And yep. Lace Morris from The Bachelor was our waitress. For real? Yeah. I, I was not a Bachelor fanatic at that time. Yeah. It was, and I remember that. It was um, you, me, Sylvia, and I want to say Monica and Lisa? I think so. And Sylvia's now having a baby. I know. That's so And uh, Monica just had a baby. And Lisa and I just got back in touch recently and she's doing well too. So it's, it's nice Good. to kind of like retouch, like get reconnected with everyone. Cause she kind of mentioned it and touched on it, but it was a really weird company. <laughs> yeah, um, it was, it, it would kind of, you know, throw you into a turbine and spit you out basically. Pretty much. That's so a good explanation. She and I lost touch. Um, I think you were laid off due to something. And, and then I ended up not working for fruition eventually, but I was still working at the time when we got back in touch. Um, yeah. And how, how did that happen? That's the best story. <laughs> so I'm standing at this, um, we were at the Bluebird, which is a really cool venue in Denver. And I see this girl in front of me with this like red cowboy hat on and she's literally standing in front of me. And I had no idea it was her or you until you turned around to bail on this date that you were on. Uh -huh. I was going to Uber ran, out. You were totally going to, and you literally ran directly into me. And yes. that literally like after that defined like a whole, what, like year and a half of our lives. We were like pretty inseparable after yep. that. She and I, so the, the story and the date, I feel like now I have to tell the story. It was the day after my birthday. So Sarah and I actually, Sarah and I are both Geminis and she and I have birthdays within like a week of, a week of each other. You share the same birthday as my mom. So I'll always remember it. Mm -hmm. And mine's, you know, eight days after. And it was the day after my birthday. It was not my birthday. It was the day after my birthday. So it was the 10th of June. I was going on oh, a date with the barista the following day. I remembered that. But anyway, yep. this guy asked me if I wanted to go to the Dale Watson concert. I didn't know who Dale Watson was. Um, and it was funny because I'd actually just talked to you. We were, we were going to go out to dinner for our birthdays because we were like, we should reconnect. But I had just lost Wait. yet another job. <laughs> right. And also you had, um, you were dating someone and you had tickets to this concert and it was your birthday mm -hmm. present. So I get... I, I didn't even make two and two, didn't put them together that Dale Watson was the concert, which um, if you've never heard of Dale Watson, he's a pretty, I think, incredible singer and also he's a really cool incredible. dude. And cool uh, dude. he's a daddy. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> he's, um, he's got this like Elvis kind of swagger going on, but then like in a cool way. Yeah, um, like definitely that like old school yeah. outlaw country vibe. But I had never heard of him. So anyway, this guy and this guy meets me at my apartment, like outside of it. We go to the Thin Man and get a drink. 
And then we decided we're going to walk up Colfax because it's like beautiful outside. And I live super close to City Park in Denver. So I was, um, you know, it was, it was a short walking distance, you know? So, um, we're at the Thin Man, which is this cute little bar that was like two blocks from my house, having a beer. And he's like, Hey, I have, I have ecstasy in my pocket. Um, and I was wondering if you wanted to like share it with me. And I was like, such a disaster. Mm, I think I'm okay. I was like, and I, and I was like, I'm, I'm cool with drugs, but like, I would prefer if you didn't. Cause like, I don't know, like, I don't really want to like, that's not really something I feel like doing today. And he was like, he's like, okay, cool. So, so he doesn't, he goes to the bathroom. He's in the bathroom for like 20 minutes. He comes out. I don't know like what he did, but he clearly had taken it. His eyes were as big as saucers. So as we're like walking down Colfax, his ecstasy starts kicking in or whatever. We get to the Bluebird, which is this cute theater that's on Colfax. It's, it's one of, it's an old kind of like art deco theater. It's really cool. I don't even know if that's the right term, but it's a really cool theater. Um, yeah, it is. And, it's, yeah. and, it, and it happened to be a couple blocks from where Sarah lives, lived and like maybe a mile and a half from where I lived. And we get to the theater, we get inside there and his ecstasy has fully kicked in now and he's sweating like profusely. And I'm just like, I'm going to go to the bar and get a drink. So I got, so I was kind of trying to drink my way to like deal with it, you know? So I was drinking enough to like kind of deal with the situation and then um, he was jumping around when Dale Watson came on. He was losing his mind and screaming at the stage and like being like, woo, and trying to get me to jump up and down and dance with him. And I was just like, this is mortifying. Like, I need to go. <laughs> like, I truly need to go. So my Uber's here, bye. I was about to click accept Uber or Lyft. I, always, I only take Lyft. Um, but I was about to hit my Lyft app and yeah. Uh, I turn around and I ran straight into Sarah and like the rest is history and we've been friends ever since. Absolutely. I mean, we were always friends, but inseparable. And seriously. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you, if you can like explain like how much he was sweating, like literally. (laughs) You could feel it. I like, I brushed my arm against his shirt and I like, my arm was wet. Like I took my arm away and it was wet. Like this dude was like, full on like every part of his body was wet like soaked through his entire shirt like yeah, every it was part of it gross um and it was like it was june in denver so it was like hot i don't know i don't it was hot and he was like in this like long sleeve like button-up shirt it was like it was flannel oh, for sure it was flannel or tweed or something it was just not appropriate and then we have other. photos from that night and he's in them like he's in all of them yeah i know and we were just like, oh, okay, fine. like, all right. So anyway, that's just how the story of like how we reconnected. And it's funny because I actually hadn't even thought about it until right before this phone call when I was reading this. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because so, we have like two kind of meeting stories. <laughs> right, right. But overall, the resounding thing, um, Sarah is the reason the first time I ever went to New York was actually to visit Sarah. I was helping her move uh, apartment to apartment in Syracuse and I had just lost a job myself. Resounding theme. So I feel very connected to kind of her story, knowing like having visited the school that she helps, you know, all these beautiful, cute little kids out with, but then also like meeting some of the teachers and walking through the halls. Like I can visualize it when she's telling me stories, which I really appreciate. But anyway, 
Moving on to the task at hand, imposter syndrome. Um, So do you feel like you have it all figured out? I know you mentioned you're feeling kind of like an adult that's not really an adult, that kind of weird imposter syndrome starting there. Well, yeah, I mean, I've kind of always sort of thought I was a fuck up and sorry, am I allowed to say that? You're fine. Okay. So I've always kind of felt that way. Um, and like, I'm, for the first time in my life, I'm like starting to feel better about like where I am in life. Like I'll do something like, I don't know, like sign up for 403B and I'll like call my dad and be like, am I adu- an adult yet? And he's always like, well, you're, you're, you're getting there. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like nobody has it figured out. Um, but I feel like for some reason, and I, and I don't know why, this whole like idea of imposter syndrome really affects women of our age group a lot more. Maybe even women of every age group a lot more than it affects, you know, males for some reason. It, so what I've been finding in my conversations, I've touched on it before in a couple previous episodes, um, but that whenever I talk to a woman, they're like, oh my God, yes, right? Like, doesn't matter. They could be in their 20s. They could be a teen. They could be in their 30s, 40s, 50s. They know exactly what we're talking about because we're already kind of marginalized in the workplace where we kind of have this like thing where it's like, well, I'm making 70 cents to the dollar and blah, blah, blah. But I've also found that in conversations with my friends who are gay males, and also any of my friends that are bisexual or having issues with their gender identity or their sexuality, maybe they're asexual, et cetera. Like it really does affect all of these tiny little subsets of people. But overall, the only people that I feel do not feel this way, do not think this way are straight cisgender men. Right. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's, yeah. And who knows? I mean, I don't know why. Maybe. I mean, because I think that they face their own challenges in life um, that kind of get overlooked a lot. Um, But I don't know. I don't know why it's like that. Yeah, it's weird. I I think that like, and even trying to start this podcast and looking for this type of podcast, the only thing I could find that was similar or touched on this topic was one with about artists and which as I've kind of uncovered and unpacked and talking to my artist friends it's very very common but also it I think it's more than that I don't just think it's artists I mean you're a librarian you feel it yeah but I've always had like right like you know my my dad's an artist and Mm -hmm. a musician and I kind of have that whole like creativity gene in me so I mean maybe that has something to do with it (laughs) and that's um a great like kind of segue because I'm gonna I'm just gonna toot your horn for a second Sarah is the queen of upcycling and creating furniture um furniture that I've consistently accidentally broken many times (laughs) (laughs) hey um that that coffee table is still kicking in my living room and it was just wood glue wasn't it Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Liquid nails. Yeah. So she's, you're, I think you're super creative. And I, um, I've always thought that like, cause my brain doesn't work that way. My brain is like, well, I have an idea, 
but then I do it and it just looks like total trash garbage, <laughs> which is why I don't um, draw my yeah. own tattoos. I, <laughs> um, I don't do that either. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about it too. And before this conversation that before I'm, when I met you and when you knew me, I only had one tattoo sort of. Yeah. And now and I have you seven. Got it removed and then you got it again. Uh-huh. Yep. And now I yep. have seven. They, sorry, mom. That's all right. My so, parents gave up a long time ago on that one. So I guess kind of, you know, I, I was reading your answer and you, you kind of said that you, you don't really feel it like you fit into one single box. Um, can you kind of like expand on that? No, I mean, I never have. Well, yeah. So like when I was in high school, I like, or the art kids and the skater kids, but I wasn't like, I had, you know, like I had like a couple of like really, really good friends, but I never like, um, I never like hung out with like one group. I feel like, you know, even then later in college and, you know, when I was living in Denver, I always felt like, you know, I wasn't good enough for this group or, you know, I liked some of the same things, but not some of the same things. So I like didn't fit in there. And so I've just always, does that make sense? I just kind of always felt like, like a semi outsider, even Mm -hmm. in like groups that I fit into. And I'm not sure why, because I'm freaking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's, yeah, I think that's why you and I got along so well, because I feel like the exact same way um, where it's like, I never really fit in with any one group. I was always kind of friend to many, close friend to few. And and even in college, like in college, I joined a dang sorority. Like knowing me now, like you would never in a million years think that I was like clapping my hands in high heels. Oh yeah, no. You know, singing songs, but... I, I did I it in college because I wanted friends. I wanted to fit in. And it's interesting kind of to see like, as I've kind of grown into myself and you've grown into yourself, I feel like you've done a lot of personal growth and so have I. Um, I'm at a point now and I don't know if it's just me being in my thirties or like me being like, well, I got laid off and you know what? Moving forward, I don't give a flying F what people think. Well, so it's really interesting. It took me, so uh, maybe I should explain this. So I grew up in Syracuse, New York, well, outside of Syracuse, New York, in, like, a really small town. I graduated, like, my high school graduating class was, like, I think, like, 198, maybe, so it was, like, under, just under 200. Um, So I moved to Denver in 2005, and so I was there for 11 years, and then um, I moved back to Syracuse in, that must have been, like, like, 2016. And, um, so moving back here after living in Denver for that long, kind of like, I don't, this is going to sound really, really awful, but I'm like, mm, probably like cooler than like 90% of the people in the city. So I no longer care what people think. (laughs) I no longer care about what people think about me, but I think that might come from age and that might just also come from like being somewhere else. I think that's a really good point because I find that I don't have a lot in common with people that didn't leave, you know, like it's harder for me to kind of relate to people who didn't like at least move outside of their hometown. Like, does that make sense? 
Yeah, it totally does because it's like you've never experienced even another. So I mean, Denver's a completely different culture from Syracuse. Right. Um, and it's unless you've like packed up all your belongings and like moved across the country at least once, you kind of don't really understand how it feels to like be well one be really alone right you know and two just to like experience something different yeah I think that totally makes sense I feel like it's interesting because when I was in college like I had a friend in college my my friend from high school she like moved away right moved away to go to college and then continued to move away. And I remember feeling very envious of that because my parents like didn't want me to go out of state because they didn't want to pay for out of state tuition. Not to mention, I do not standardize test well. I got a 21 on my ACT. I'm doing fine in life. I never took that. I <laughs> well, took the SAT. Yeah. Colorado is weird. ACT, like, I don't know why they don't just make everyone take the same freaking test, but here we are. I never took the SAT. Uh, I actually did awful on the SAT. I got like a 10, 10, 20 on the SAT. And nice. I'm like, or is that good? Or bad? I, I don't no, know that. No, that's, that's not good. Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I've never taken it's, it. It's like pretty sure it's below average, but like I got all A's in high school, but I also like was of my whole life. I've also been one of those people that like puts in the, the minimum amount of effort and is like still able to like skate by with A's. So I think that maybe that's another reason I feel like this whole like imposter syndrome thing. Cause like I'm smart, but I don't put a lot of effort into being smart mm -hmm. and I don't like, I'm not super articulate when I like verbally, like, um, I write really well, but I don't, I can't like the words don't come out of my brain to my mouth like properly. And so I don't, feel like when I have a conversation with someone that I sound intelligent. Yeah, but I know you really well. So I'm like, <laughs> you and I were like two peas in a pod. <laughs> People are like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, are you dating each other? And it's like, kind of. <laughs> like, I mean, we spent that much time together. We spent so much time together. We did holidays together. I mean, really like like I, when I say like this person is like my family, it's, it's 100% true, oh, but absolutely. you have a really good example of imposter syndrome that I, I would like you to share. And it, it's the one about the paper that you wrote. Okay. So um, I got my undergraduate degree um, in art history from um, the university of Colorado at Denver. And so like we had an actual like full thesis class and um so the teacher that taught that, she was the thesis advisor, and I um, was really interested in um, archiving. I wanted to be an archivist when I grew up or whatever, um, and so I decided to like, tackle this kind of really difficult topic that no one had really researched before, which was like how to deal with archiving contemporary art that like isn't a painting that you can't just take a picture of so a lot of people that I had talked to like I tried to reach out to people and I got like at first I got like a lot of really negative reactions like one of 
another professor that I had at the university, he, like, I, you know, approached him and asked him about it. And he was like, well, duh, you just take a picture of it. Like, we don't do anything. And I'm like, I tried to, like, be like, okay, so what about, like, performance art? And he just kind of, like, shooed me away. So I remember we had to, like, present, like, where we were on our paper, like, in class. And I, like, got up to, like, give this presentation to my whole class and started crying, which is awful. Um, but good stuff came from that and my paper kind of ended up being awesome and my I still talk to my thesis advisor and she's like every year she tells her thesis class this story and like how my paper was awesome and like should have been published so I like actually got like I'm gonna brag for a second I got a 100 on this thesis like a 32 page paper like I didn't get an A I got a 100 which is pretty badass. And she really, really wanted me to publish it. And I just like, I told you, I do like the minimum amount. I don't like put a lot of effort, you know, I did like to me, like the minimum amount of work and I didn't want to go through the whole process of like trying to get it published. And ultimately like you spend so much time, like when you write a thesis, you spend like so much time involved in it that you kind of like, don't even recognize mm-hmm. like like I've read like I've gone back and read it and I was like oh wow I sound really smart but anyway like at that point I was just like yeah it's not really that good like you know no one really cares about any of this and so like a year later we were at a happy hour at a place that closed that was amazing we had the best had the best shrimp wedge salad there ever where was that um and I, I can't remember the place um it's not do you know where the horseshoe lounge was oh it uh, was the Jonesies. place that was yes yes it was jonesy's you could get like um, a whole plate so they, of mac fries <laughs> they they had the best like um loaded fries and this this like wedge salad was like the best thing ever and i've never ever seen it or had a wedge salad that was as good before. Um, but anyway, we're like sitting there with a bunch of us that had graduated in the same class. And, you know, my professor was complaining about how like, you know, I never submitted it. And I kind of was like, eh, you know, I just didn't feel like it was that good. And she literally says to me, do you think that you tricked me into thinking that you were smart? And my response was, yeah, that's exactly what I did. So like, I just, I don't know, like, that's, I think that's like, you're right, the perfect example of imposter syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because as women, because you also have this thing where you were talking to your stepmom, and your stepmom basically said everyone feels yes. like they're faking it. To go back to the yeah. point that it's mostly, it's very deeply ingrained in women. And I think there's like a patriarchal portion of it. There's, um, I think it's just that as women and women in career and workforce and stuff, like there's so many things that are expected of us. We're expected to have children. We're expected to do this and that and all of this stuff. But then like for the, for the woman in her career, there's like no handbook for it. There's no, there's no, how do you navigate this? How do you handle this? And I remember like going through college thinking I was going to kick so much ass after, after I got out 
And I was terrible in the workforce at first because <laughs> I had never had a job in my life and I didn't know how jobs worked. And it's interesting, like, I think a lot of that kind of fed into it because I started out in an advertising agency. I've kind of mentioned this before. I started out in an advertising agency. I was a brand new department in the advertising agency. And that in and of itself was a complete imposter syndrome because you're, or like, you know, they're, they're doing traditional and billboards and all of that. And I'm doing social media. Like, you know, and the clients are asking right. us like what the value is and it's 2011. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And they're like, okay, this 22 year old Jesus, you know, like, what is she, <laughs> what is she doing? And it's, it's interesting because I started out in a career that like had no legs and to see where it's gone and to see that now like digital and social are lumped into one. And it's now like such a huge component of brand strategy. It's very interesting to kind of have gone through what I went through, but also like, I, like I question myself every single day. Like I've kind of mentioned that the previous position that I've had, that I had every day, like I would come home and I'd just be so stressed out. My, my husband, Scott would be like, you know, what's, what's going on. And I'd be like, I just feel like they're going to come inside my office and they're going to say like, you're fired <laughs> because like, we found out you're a fraud and that never happened. I did get laid off COVID, but that never right. happened. But my husband was like, do you, he said the same thing. He's like, do you think that you tricked them into what you're good at? And I was like, I had to stop and think. And I was like, well, well, no, I mean, well, maybe. And he's like, no, that's not how jobs work. Yeah. And, and I really tried to work on that a lot in this last year, but now that I'm kind of re-navigating in the workforce, I feel very unsure of myself again and very um, nervous about my abilities, even though I know I'm badass and I kick ass and I'm good See? at what I do. I know that too. Like I got my first job when I was 15 and I have like had several different jobs and like mini careers and like I have been amazing at all of them. <laughs> but yet I still feel unsure. Right. Even I mean even though I knew I was doing an awesome job at every job I've had, I still felt like, you know, you know, the card, like whenever the card's going to fall kind of feeling. Right. Yeah. And that kind of segues into kind of the next question, which is what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? So I have a hard time with success. Like it's a really interesting concept. So like who decides that? And like, <laughs> if I decide that, am I successful? Like I have a job. I, well, before COVID, I got up and went to work every day. Um, but like, is uh, does a house make me successful? I don't have that. Does, you know, a savings account make me successful? Because mine is pretty pathetic. Like, what is it that defines, you know, like, what is it that defines success? And I guess the, the bigger thing is that maybe we should redefine what success looks like and maybe success should be like personal happiness personal growth like yes. can I wake up every day and not dread getting out of bed right you know like that's successful if you ask me and and I think that like when you and I hung out as much as we did that last year and a half that you were in Denver 
you and I didn't like getting out of bed. We no, were very I was depressed. In- we drank so oh. much. Like, oh my God. <laughs> we, we, our livers were mostly beer. I mean, truly, like we were, yeah. we would just like, you and I would just like chain smoke and drink beer like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> oh my God. Which I is- was in like a super, super, super bad place at that time. Like, and so was I, but we had each other. Like, and that was so glad we well, had each other, right? Thank, yeah. Thank goodness. Cause like without that, thank like goodness. we would have been. A mess, but I'm not afraid to talk about you know the fact that as a woman, like I have depression, I suffer from it here and there. But I will say that like the last few years I was in Denver, or at least before I met my husband, I was like just so miserable. And to see where I'm at now, and to see where I was then, I definitely think I'm successful in the sense that okay, like I'm not saying like a marriage makes me successful. I'm not saying that having owning a house makes me successful by any means. To me, like I feel successful because I'm a good person. I'm very loyal to my friends. I'm a strong communicator. I finally, you know, I, I, I'm finally starting to find my voice and stand up for the things I believe in and I won't back down on them. And it, I think like I'm better at handling my moods now. Um, I'm, I'm in this COVID thing has kind of taught me that like, I didn't really know what depression was and I had no reason to feel depressed and I didn't (laughs) ever know what boredom felt like. And I had no reason to feel bored. Um, and it has made me realize what's truly important. And like, for me, what's important to me and how I'm going to measure and define my success is the same way that you would with mental health and happiness. And I mean, that's huge because in accepting myself, it's unlocked a lot. It's, it's unlocked and released a lot of anxiety that I've had. So that's my thing is that like, I, I'm not sure exactly if I struggle with depression, but I know for a fact that I struggle with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, one of the medications that I'm taking is um, sometimes like, used for like it has like an anti-anxiety element to it even though like that's not what it's for Mm -hmm. and um like it's made a huge difference in my life and you can literally draw a line from the you know before I took it started taking it to after I started taking it yeah like just even like my everyday relationships with people like just everything in general um and so like mental health is important if you have to take a medication then you need to take a medication like that that I don't think there's any shame in that and I think that like I can't do it because my insurance is garbage but I think that everybody should have like get therapy like everybody should go see a psychologist or psychologist or whichever one it is um myself included even though I don't but I think think everybody should I think it should be a thing that is available to everybody yeah definitely I I I 100% agree with that and like if if I can make any statement on here I've always I've made the statement many times that if I can like make the difference in one person's life then I've done my job if this podcast touches one person in the right way then I've done my job but also that if I can steer someone towards getting the help that they need now I'm not a great advocate because I'm I've been a fence sitter on whether I want to go to therapy. Um, I'm, I'm every day. I'm like, I'm going to Google it. 
I'm going to, I'm going to look up providers and then I just haven't done it. And, but I am a huge proponent of if you need therapy or you feel like you have to go to therapy or you feel like you need someone to talk to, you should always. Yeah. I have done therapy in the past. It's really weird. It's, um, it's really uncomfortable. So it's really, I think important that you're comfortable with the person that you're Mm -hmm. talking to. So like I kind of went for a long time and then stopped going when, you know, it got to the point where I was, um, this is like back in like 2001 and I just kind of stopped going when it got to like the point where I really had to talk about like the, the real stuff, you know? Right. Um, and I have found a way to like work through a lot of that. Most of it on my, I'm not saying that I'm like super well adjusted because I'm not sure that I am, but I'm also aware of that, but I have dealt with a lot of my issues on my own yeah you know with I mean not I guess not necessarily on my own because you know I couldn't have done it without like my family and my friends and the people in my life but I think it's important to like have those relationships where you can talk to people about things Right. And I think that like, it's a really good option for people who are not as extroverted as me, where I'm like, hi, I'm Bianca and these are my traumas. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, like, um, but I'm also, it's, it's, I, it's really funny. I was talking to, um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt oh, you. Go for it. I was talking to one of my really good friends and I, one of my teachers today and she, you know, I was telling her that I was going to do this with you. And she was like, oh, I think that's awesome. And I like told her about like the whole imposter syndrome and all of that. And she was like, well, you should, she's like, the kids love you. Like, like you have such a good relationship with them. You, you know, you should find some way to monetize (laughs) what you do. And I literally was like, okay, so you have to, um, have past trauma in your life in your life you have to have no idea what you're doing you have to be a fuck up like but that's why like it's almost like you know a dog can sense if someone's bad I feel like these kids can sense that like I'm not the same as everybody else like they they can sense that I've like had trauma in my life you know yeah which I think is one of the reasons why they relate to me so much which is really weird but I also like I also think that it has something to do with the fact that like education was not like I had not what I was going to do with my life. Like, yeah, I am still working on getting certified. Like, so like education, like wasn't my, my education wasn't in education. Right. So I didn't come into this field with all these like preconceived notions or these theories and um you know all these things that I think regular teachers come into after having you know studied teaching for four years yeah you kind of have a winding path and yeah and you originally got your master's of library sciences because you wanted to be an archive archivist right like you wanted to work at a museum And yes. this job kind of fell in your lap and you were so hesitant to take it. You were, you and I like talked oh about God. it for days. You were like, well, then I got to move back to Syracuse. And like, do I want to do that? And I was like, girl, go. Denver is not for you right now. Like go and it follow was, your dream and come back if you decide you want to move back here, but follow your dream. It, 
it was a very, very, very difficult decision. And I like, I feel so bad because I like totally took it out of my family. It was awful to them um, for like this period where I was trying to figure it out. But I like somehow resented them because I was coming back to Syracuse. Like, you know, I always said, like, I'll never go home. And it's weird that like it took coming, you know, back to where I grew up to feel the way I feel about life now. Yeah. It's just, it's very interesting. Um, but I do like, I feel like, you know, recently we, the librarians in my district all have like a meeting and, um, we were just doing like, um, what are those things? Like, um, like when you have a meeting and you have a bunch of people together and, uh, nope. Icebreaker. Um, (laughs) I was like, webinar? Like, I'm not even thinking in like actual, you were like in physical distance with them. Yes. This was like (laughs) a couple months ago. Um, but (laughs) see, I told you I'm not like super articulate. Um, so we're doing like this ice icebreaker game and the question I got is like what was the scariest thing you've ever done in your life and I couldn't I couldn't think of anything I've done lots of scary things but like really I finally was like this I blew up my life I left like you know I was in Denver I had this whole life there and I just like literally like exploded it in a matter of like a day like I flew out to Syracuse from Denver which I couldn't afford and my dad had to pay for um which I have paid him back for um but so I flew out I interviewed I got the position I accepted it and then had to fly back to Denver and in less than it was less than three weeks I think like pack up my whole life like Mm -hmm. a life I had you know, I like, I'd been there for 11 years and that doesn't yep. seem like much, but it's a lot. Like I had relationships, you know, with people I had, you know, my own place, um, you know, which I also couldn't afford. Um, so like, I kind of felt like I had no choice to, um, maybe the scariest part is that if I didn't come here and take this job, I might've ended up homeless. Like, who knows? <laughs> um, but I do like, I feel like I just like, exploded a bomb in like the middle of my life and it was a really it was a really hard decision to make it was and I had never taught before like I had never been in a school setting and to be honest I didn't really think I liked kids <laughs> so I was like this is like what if I <laughs> fail at this turns out I'm awesome at it um <laughs> but <laughs> but I am um, so like proud and happy and glad for you in so many ways but also like for me too, like after you were gone, I didn't know what was for next for me. Like all of a sudden there was this giant hole in my life. Like I was like, oh shoot, like my one friend moved away. Right. <laughs> you know? I know. I in your twenties, it's hard. Oh no, don't feel awful. Like I mean, I I had a winding path just like you to figure out where I'm at now. And like I wouldn't change my story, our story for anything because And you know, that's a really good point because right. I wouldn't either, like, you know, the, the move to Denver, the awful marriage I had, the, like, struggle to, like, find a job and lose. I think I got laid off from three jobs in the matter of a year. Like, all of those things, like, led me to where I am now. Like, I might have never found this 
thing if it wasn't for all of that. Like I would never, I would, you know, do I have regrets in life? Absolutely. But I would never exchange those experiences, you know? Exactly. There's no reason to feel ashamed of the things we've been through because they're what make our fabric. And I think, you know, the quilt that's been made from your life is pretty dang cool. So I'm really stoked on that. All right. So let us switch gears because clearly we've touched on imposter. We could talk about it for hours and hours and hours. (laughs) Um, So let's move on to uh, one thing you're fanatical about and why I will go first. Currently, I am fanatical about my new Roomba that I named LeVar Burton. I love that. And um, I have not used him yet, um, but I cannot wait to sing Reading Rainbow at it while it cleans my house. Um, I want a Roomba so bad. I'll let you know if it's good because I'm I'm, like nervous. (laughs) I want to give it a really good name. I know someone that named theirs John Cena, which I think is like a super hilarious name. Well, I was in between a couple of names, actually. I was in between LeVar Burton, Dolly Parton. There was one other really interesting like oh uh i i bob ross ah, the bob rogers i was kind of in the pbs realm and then i was like no lavar burton's funny because he because yeah. it has to go to the enterprise to like charge yeah <laughs> so um yeah so actually that is the uh that that was the delivery i had yesterday that caused the whole issue so but anyway, so I was kind of mad at my Roomba and now I'm charging it and we're, we're good to go. But, uh, so yeah, what if how that works out? <laughs> yeah, I will. So what are you, uh, fanatical about? Um, so I have become like super fanatical about pl- houseplants. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally, um, I, I haven't counted them recently, Yeah. but, um, last time I counted, I think it was like 83. Um, I, my apartment is not that big and my boyfriend keeps yelling me at me when I buy new plants and I have two hidden in my car right now that he doesn't know about and <laughs> I love that you're just like shh don't tell anyone don't be suspicious right? <laughs> like <laughs> um I just like I cannot stop like they make me happy I don't I don't know like what it is and I know that it's like you know houseplants is like all the rage on Instagram these days but um they just I don't know. It brings like this, I don't know, like greenness into my life, which I really enjoy. I think there's a level of your apartment that you're in now and it's very sunny. It's bright and you have that patio. So you're able to have plants. Unlike when you were in Denver and you were in that basement apartment that was totally haunted, by the way. Like (laughs) that apartment was awful. But but you didn't, ha- you had like a tiny little window and like, if you ha- left the door open, you could like maybe put a plant there. But overall there, it was like shaded. There was a creepy motel that used to ha- like that is on Colfax. Oh. That was just like, it was just a yeah, lot. Just, so yeah. I think you have, you now like have the room and the space and the sunlight to actually cultivate your passion. So that's, yeah. That's really and awesome. side note, this apartment has off street parking. Um, in-unit washer and dryer, although I do, the washer and dryer belong to me. I just had the hookup for it. Um, what else does it have? Two porches. Yep. Um, dishwasher. And I pay less than, <laughs> than I did for the, like, 
hundreds of dollars less for this apartment than the one I had in Denver. And I work across the street, so I don't even drive anywhere. It's great. I'm like, so because I got to help you move into it, like we were telling our friend Matt on our happy hour a couple of weeks ago, as we were talking about it, he's like, I want to come visit. And it's like, you have to, because I can't even explain it without without seeing yeah I got a little bit of exposed brick I have hardwood floors all the way across like it's actually a really nice apartment yeah so in switching gears I love unpopular opinions macaroni and cheese is disgusting yep summer sucks yes (laughs) is weird and I don't understand the Disney cult (laughs) I know we're which weird. You're, I know which you're totally into. Uh, but like, I, but, but to be fair, Sarah, was I this into Disney before I moved here? No, I was a closet at Disney. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, at least I didn't know about it. Yeah, um, I I moved like two hours from Disneyland, and you bet your ass, like the first place I went, like pretty quickly after moving here, was Disneyland. <laughs> Like, I'm a big Pixar fan. Like, I really like the Pixar movies. Is that Disney? Yes. I don't even know. Yes. Like, I like that is. Up, and I love Inside Out. I'm also, like, love Nightmare Before Christmas, which I guess is a Disney movie also. But I'm not, like, and I have Disney Plus, um, but I'm not, like, you know, fanatical about Disney. Like, I haven't even, like, one of my friends today was, like, she sent me like she's the music teacher at my school so she sent me a video for me to post to her website of her singing um a song from toy story like you've got a friend in me and i was like, oh like i had to ask her <laughs> okay wait i had to ask her what movie it was from and she was like girl you need to get yourself together like, I'm, I'm just sorry. glad you didn't say frozen i'm glad you didn't say frozen <laughs> she did do a couple from frozen and i have seen frozen her. and frozen too um, and I just watched Onward the other night, which I thought was really cute. Oh, Onward was super cute. I loved it. It was really cute. Don't watch the movie Star Girl. It sucks. Um, I have not, and I probably don't plan on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I know, like, if anyone's watched it and they're a huge Grace Vanderwall fan or whatever, she, whatever, but it's literally a movie about is. being a manic pixie dream girl and, like, alternative and, like, indie, um, and then, like, I, it's just the longest movie that shouldn't be that long. And I, I, I put myself through it last night. I don't know why. And, and then I was mad about it the whole time. But I had to, like, finish it. The whole, like, manic pixie girl thing is a whole other thing that we could spend hours talking about. Oh, yeah, for sure. So what's currently making you happy in the world? Um... I guess like there's been, uh, you know, this COVID stuff is, you know, changing the whole way that we live our lives, but I've seen a lot of like compassion in, you know, the things that I see on social media and the things that are happening, you know, around in my community because of, uh, you know, the schools and, you know, we're all just trying to do the best we can and get by and, you know, people have been, people have been really nice, which right. is kind of, um, kind of, a, you know, 
I can't think of the word that I'm trying to say, but it's, it's different than the way we lived life, you know, three months ago. Right. And I've said kind of, I've said this like so many times to like everyone that will listen, but we're going to come out of this different than we came into it. Like it's going to, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be kind of like any other global thing that's happened in our lives, which for you and me probably hasn't like, besides like nine eleven, like we haven't. Well, had yeah, that's the that only thing that I could think of. Compare it, yeah. That, um, to compare it to. But it's like there's no there's no way that we don't come out of this better than we went in. I just I just can't foresee it. Uh, me neither. And I'm I'm honestly like. I'm in a group page for the city that I live in, um, a Facebook group. And it's like, I've never seen more kind people. Like people are like, oh man, like mask mandate. They're going to make masks. They're giving them away for free. Like just super like like acts of kindness or like um, there's like, a, they have like an essentials pantry that like it was a free library, but that now it's books and like, you know, products or toilet paper or whatever. Yeah. So if you're in need, you can take it. And I just think that that's really incredible. And I want I really hope that we as people stick that way because I, I I guess there's just so much negativity in the world or there was, and there still is. I mean, and I, I just would hope that we come out of this better. I really hope so. And like, even I've noticed changes in myself. Like I, um, am maybe not the most patient person in the world, but I really, really had to, learn how to be more patient because in my position as the librarian, I'm also like the go-between for my, all of the staff in my building and like the technology that we use. So I'm actually like, feel like I've been almost busier without having to go to school every day. And like, we're all still working and trying to figure out how to, you know, help our students you know, digitally and, you know, daily, I have to help people do things that I feel like they should know how to do. Like, you don't know how to copy and paste? Well, I guess I have to like very, be very patient and explain (laughs) it to you because that's, that's my new life. Exactly. And I, I think like, that's been the most kind of interesting learning curve on this is like, those who understand technology versus those who can't. Yeah, but also, and it's, yeah, like what, what people know, the knowledge is crazy. And it's also, it's like devastating because there are, is already like we're in an inner city school district. And so there's already like a huge divide between, you know, us and the other districts around us that have, you know, where people have more money. And it's like that divide between the people that have and the people that don't is going to widen so much more than it I mean it's just that divide is just going to keep growing and growing right which is really sad and I hope that it doesn't I hope that like our children can come out of this without being too negatively affected by it, you know? Oh yeah. I've, I've even been thinking too. So I went to the grocery store today, which actually like we were supposed to talk at a certain time. And then I was like, I just got a mask in the mail. I have to go to the grocery store. (laughs) And she was like, go girl. So I did. And I'm finding myself buying two of everything. Like 
I, I we're like great. De- I feel like it's like going back to great depression in terms of like, yeah. I'm, I, I used to be a person that didn't have a full pantry. I used to be a person that Same. would cook meal by meal. So I'd like go to the store on my way home and get the ingredients for that meal. Like I, and we would eat out all the time, my husband and I, not that we don't like cooking, but that we just were very social as people. Um, and we love the service industry because I used to work in the service industry. And also, um, you know, like we just, we love bartenders. Like that was our thing. Like we had, you know, a bar around the corner at our old place. And even on date night, we would just take an Uber from here, go to the old bar by our house. Like we don't explore much. We're creatures of habit. Once we find a place, we like it and we move on. Um, but even so, I just went to the store and it's like, I'm one person and Scott's not going to be home for a, a, a while. But at the same time, as I was starting to dip into my, 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 my proteins and all of that, it was making me very nervous. And I've never felt that before in my life. It's I know. a weird feeling. It is. It's, it's a weird feeling. And I think it's really important that we still support those um, um, restaurants and things like that because some of them aren't going to reopen. It's going to, it's going to hit them really hard. Oh yeah, for sure. And I guess that's, would be my plug right now is that if you have the means to do so, everyone, you know, tip your local bartender. Support your local businesses get takeout here and there, um, you know, do what you can, because right now we're like, as we're going to come out different on the other end of this, there's going to be a lot of foreclosures and a lot of businesses failing. And it's honestly sad to like support your local makers. If you, you know, have friends that are artists, like support them. If you can't, if you can't afford to buy something like you know, share how awesome they are on social media. Anything, you know, will help. It's not, it's not just like, yeah, support your restaurants and your bartenders, but support your local makers too. That's really important. Because that's their livelihood. A lot of them don't have other jobs. Yeah, exactly. So I love that. And I think that's an excellent note to kind of leave off on. So so I guess one other sorry, if I can add one other thing. Um, not just your local makers and your local restaurants, but like, you know, if you can, you know, order your shampoo or your hair products from, you know, the people that do your hair or, you know, there's some like the place that does my eyelash extensions was Mm -hmm. doing like care packages, like anything that you can do to support those people. Yep. I did. uh... I did a gift card. So I've had to move my uh, hair appointment with my lovely hairstylist Sloan. She's incredible. I had to also. I moved it twice. So I I moved it originally because it was March, like end of March. And I was like, "Mm, no girl. And then I bought a gift card. Um, I bought a gift cards and then I I paid for the maximum amount so I could have, um, they gave me like a keratin treatment or something and a blowout. And I was like, yes, I'm going to be feeling myself going nowhere eventually. And then, um, yeah. So, so I, uh, so I have that going for me, but then I just, I texted her yesterday and I was like, Hey girl, like I'm going to move it again. Cause it's my appointment was on April 19th. And based on what the government's saying, based on what the DOD is saying and stuff, I just don't feel comfortable like putting her in that situation or in myself. So in, in New York, our situation is 
they're not even allowed to go to work. Like literally yeah. they can't, like everything is closed. So my hairstylist did this really cool thing where she's like creating like these little kits. Like if like, so she dyes my hair. So um, she's got these like toner kits. Like if you need, um, you know, to like do a refresh or toner or whatever, she'll like, you can order it from her and she'll deliver it to you. You can use Venmo and all those really cool things. Becky's amazing. I love her. Um, but those like do those things if you can. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, it was lovely talking oh, to you like always. To you too. Yeah, and I hope you have a great evening and, um, you know, tell your kids hi from me. I will. All right, I'll talk later. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a little rating. And if you're interested in becoming a guest, please reach out to me by using one of the links to the podcast social media in the description. Thanks, everyone, and have a great day.